my first statement, the thickest file wins, the best data wins. I'm burying adjusters with this stuff. And when an adjuster says, oh, wow, how'd you do that? That's exactly where I want them. Right. You stay there on the uninformed, uneducated, unmoneyed side of the claim, and I'm gonna bury you with data. I'm gonna bury you with my file. And you're gonna, guess what, adjuster, you're gonna use my data for your claim file. That's the idea. That's gotcha. the ticket. This is why I think we're never going to go away. I mean, to be honest, I mean, everybody's always afraid of, oh, with all these laws and statutes that they pass against public adjusters and this and that. I mean, they could throw at us whatever they want. At the end of the day, there's always going to have to be an advocate for the policyholder. We're just going to have to be, you know, uh, and I, I just think I think we're going to be around forever. Uh, my email you know, uh, was sent to the insured early on in the process. And I was I was telling them, you need to be careful what you say to your adjuster because country insurance country financial will take every opportunity to deny your claim look let's face it my number one referral source is is contractors okay obviously and past clients that's always going to be number one so i got to be cool with them but at the same time it drives me crazy when these contractors don't team up with pas in a way i mean again i've got referral sources that are contractors so i've managed to convince them but there's how many contractors out there that just, I handle it myself. Why am I going to give up the 10 or 20% when I can do it myself? Somewhere along the line, I'm assuming a public adjuster I was working a lot, you know, the opposite side of the same claim with turned me into the state for the unlicensed practice of public adjusting. Upa. But that's not what that is. You're just putting an estimate together. You're not negotiating. You're not stating policy. You're not. Very astute of you, Vince. Very astute of you. And I raised that same argument. I said, let me let me tell you, let me explain something to you, ladies. Let me let me lay it out for you. Let me explain why, you know, why I don't think this is up. It makes sense. No. Is that I actually, what I think it is? I, I called a bunch of attorneys too and I explained it to them and they're just like Makes sense. Makes sense. Why not? Weird thoughts from space. Weird thought yes, exactly. <laughs> They tell you how to do the job and how to bill. Actually, don't they don't let you bill. They bill for you. So what they'll do is they'll give you sixty cents on the dollar. They're gonna they're gonna build a carrier full boat, but they're gonna give you sixty cents on the dollar. That's how Code Blue makes their money. So so Wardlaw, you know, if you're a contractor out there and somebody calls you and trying to reduce your bill for work you've already done, just tell them no and hang up the phone. If they call again don't answer the phone because guess what the check's gonna come because you're not willing to negotiate with terrorists don't play by imaginary rules imaginary show me the calls oh yeah in the beginning i wasn't trained i didn't know i didn't know what i was doing i wasn't trained at all i mean i was literally just a sales guy that's the big epidemic here in florida too is they what? hire a lot of adjusters to be sales guys like no you got to train them how to do the work oh man they don't take their jobs i guess seriously enough um so that's what i'm trying to i want to i want to help with the industry just really i love the coaching that's just my passion i mean i was a tennis coach for 15 years then okay I, mean, I taught i taught kids from four years old to 94 years old mm-hmm. you know i like and, it and and, that, and that's what i want to do give back to the industry that's given me so much What's up, advocates, and welcome back to another episode of the Claims Game Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Perry, licensed and certified public adjuster for a very long time now. My company is Elite Resolutions. You can find us at EliteResolutionsClaims.com, where we 
handle claims all over Florida and all over Texas mainly. And we're also taking on public adjusters. So anybody who is an aspiring public adjuster or already a public adjuster looking for a nice company to work for, come send us a message and see if you can become a part of our team. And I am the Commercial Claims Advocate, where you can find us on commercialclaimsadvocate.com. And on commercialclaimsadvocate.com, you can check out our online courses that we have for advocates and public adjusters, and also our meetups that we have throughout the country, where we all sort of get together, talk shop, get educated, and we're talking contractors, public adjusters, attorneys, and everything under the sun. Advocates is what I like to call all of us, because we're all basically sort of in it for the same purpose, to advocate for the policyholder. You can find my stuff on LinkedIn, YouTube. Instagram, and uh, what's the other one? LinkedIn and, and Facebook, of course. So, all right, today I got a very special guest, somebody who actually took our course, very good friend, uh, Andrew McCabe. Andrew McCabe is the owner of Claims Delegates. Andrew McCabe is an expert, expert, expert estimator. He has been doing estimates since about 2005, I believe. The guy knows his stuff. He knows his Xactimate. He he loves Matterport. He knows how to sketch. He knows how to just knock them all out. He's got a really great company where he's got adjusters out in Louisiana helping with those storms. He's based out of Oregon, and he's got a ton of claims there. He's also a licensed public adjuster, which is very interesting as well, and he just knows his stuff. He knows his stuff to the point where he's got his own YouTube channel. Check him out, Claims Delegates. YouTube channel, Claims Delegates. And you could also, he's got his own course. That's how much he knows. He's got his own course. You can go on the 24hourtech.com or waterdamageprofit.com and you can see his 24-hour tech video training course where he basically teaches you how to properly scope and how to properly write a legitimate estimate on behalf of the policyholder. So check him out. Check out those websites. Very, very prevalent on LinkedIn. So if you really want to see his stuff on a daily basis, LinkedIn is the place to go. But also check out his YouTube channel. Really cool YouTube channel where he really talks about Xactimate, estimating what to do, what not to do when you're putting those estimates together to present to the carrier. So enjoy it. I think you will. Great conversation. Like I said, we're just like two, a couple friends just going back and forth about some very interesting topics and also, and how to be successful in this business. So check it out. Andrew McCabe, really great guy. I think you'll enjoy it. Go for it. Welcome to the Claims Game Podcast with Vince Perry. Get all the tips you need from insurance claim advocates and professionals and grow your public adjusting career to the next level. And now the commercial claims advocate, Vince Perry. Like it. You like it? Are you bouncing up and down a little bit? I do all that post you know, in my stuff, so you do it live. I like it. We got to do it live. That's just like lets everybody know that we are live, that the podcast, that the Claims Game podcast is live. Boom. What's up, Andy? How you doing? Man, I am living large. Trying are to, you? Trying to catch my ass with both hands and not being successful. This is Hurricane Ida has got me spun. Uh, and it mostly in a good way, but man, there's a lot of work out there. A lot of work. Really? So what are you doing for Hurricane Ida? Uh, working for a PA down there, working for a couple contractors down there, uh, trying to trying to prop up my own PA business down there. Um, so I got a I got a partner down there. He lives in Metairie. He's born and raised in Metairie, so it's perfect. Let's let's do the PA thing. And I was online looking for a URL, and uh, I was looking for NOLA claims. That's taken. But Google and in their infinite wisdom suggested bigeasyclaims.com. And I said, that's the one. That's awesome. That's I like that one. a lot. 
So now he's got to get a bond. Oh, you know, and a license, you know, something. So to be for the, uh, for the, for the crowd, for the millions all mm-hmm. across the globe, listening to the claims game podcast right now. Uh, why don't you tell everyone about Andy McCabe and what you're about? You public adjuster, extraordinaire, estimating master. That's a, that's a big intro for a, uh, a, a long career of making it up as I go along. There's a GIF. There's a GIF out there of a guy who sort of looks like Tom Cruise, but it's not. And he's sitting on a couch and he's just like with glasses on. He's just like, like juggling like this. And I'm like, <laughs> I put it on Facebook one day. I'm like, that is entrepreneurship. Yes, it is. Yes, Every it day is. it's like, let's try this. Let's try this. Let's see how it goes. That's just, I should have a dartboard, just throw stuff at. So <laughs> I started in uh, 1999, 2000. I needed a job out of, out of college. I had a marketing degree and this restoration company in Portland, Oregon was hiring a marketing director. You know, little did I know it was just a candy dropper. Really. It was just a stop and drop guy to see every agent in, in the Portland market. I didn't care. I needed a job. So I took the job. Uh, three, four months in, I'm sitting down with the owner of Dow Columbia restoration, probably the third, third or fourth founding member of ASCR. You know, these are, these were old school restorers, old school. And he said, you've got half a brain. Why don't you come over to the estimating side? And so that's what I did. We, but before I could do that, they, they said, we don't hire any estimators that don't have in the field experience. So I was like, all right, what's that mean? It means, it means go take your water damage certification and you're a technician for the next year. And that was me. So I was a water damage technician. Then I was an estimator project manager. And then, you know, fast forward several years and, you know, I had really good experience. I was a general manager of a couple of restoration companies. And um, as it turns out, I'm a fairly terrible employee. I, I don't play well with others that don't see my point of view. Uh, so I've got a long list of companies I have worked for and, and I've been let go in one way, shape or form. So 2012, I decided I don't want to get fired anymore. So what's the best way to do that? Well, work for yourself, start your own business. So Claims Delegates was born in 2012. I said, I'm going to write estimates for everyone. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the, the gateway drug for common contractors to get into this strange restoration world. Uh, and that was, it was good until the state of Oregon called and said, we need you to come down to Salem and have a talk. And I said, okay, I can talk. I like talking. Well, well, like a, like a, like a, like you're in trouble talk or like a talk to speak to some, to people and educate them. Yeah. Well, yeah. The latter is what I thought. The former is what it turned out to be. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I, I, I drove down to Salem, uh, which was 45 minutes out of Portland, drove down there, uh, walked into a room with two very nice, uh, nicely dressed uh, young ladies. Uh, they closed the door behind me and I realized I was in a room with no windows and asked me to sit down across the table. They both sat down. One of them pushed did you, a... Did you have an attorney present? No. Oh, God. That's, that would make way too much sense. That would require <laughs> forward thought on my See, that part. Would, that wouldn't, then you wouldn't be like the GIF that I told you. Oh, my God. So when, when one of them pushed a tape recorder across the table oh and the God. other one pushed a badge across the table, 
I knew I was in for a very different conversation than I thought I was going to have. So at, you know, at the end of the day, you know, what I was doing was writing estimates in Xactimate for insurance claims for whoever would hire me. And one, you know, somewhere along the line, I'm assuming a public adjuster, I was working a lot, you know, the opposite side of the same claim with, turned me into the state for the unlicensed practice of public adjusting. Upper. But that's not what that is. You're just putting an estimate together. You're not negotiating. You're not stating policy. You're not. Very astute of you, Vince. Very astute of you. And I raised that same argument. I said, let me, let me tell you, let me explain something to you, ladies. Let me, let me lay it out for you. Let me explain why, you know, why I don't think this is upper. And so I laid out the claim framework. You know, I put, I put three dots. They, they were kind enough to provide me a pen and paper. <laughs> so I was drawing it out. I drew three circles in a triangle, carrier, contractor, insured. And, you know, describing the claim process, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, at some point, the contractor and the, the carrier, the adjuster, they start having conversations, negotiating things like, are these high-grade cabinets or low-grade cabinets? Are these, what, you know, was that a... Was that a, a VCT or was that an engineered product? Or was that real hardwoods? Man, just negotiating stuff like that. And the lady, one of the one of the gals said, um, let me stop you right there, Mr. McCabe. You know, at this point, when you're having that negotiation, she called it a negotiation. When you're having that negotiation with the adjuster, where's the homeowner in this? And I said, well, they check out. You know, they, they hire the contractor because they don't want to deal with the adjusters, they don't want to deal, they don't understand the claim process, so they're not educated in it, blah, blah, blah. And they, and she said, right there, when you're having that conversation with, between those two entities, you are in violation of Oregon state law. And which is, which states? Oregon. Yeah, but which, which oh, it's states? Oh, it's, like it's, 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 it's negotiating a claim, negotiating a claim on behalf of an insured. So I said... I said, if I'm if I'm breaking a law, this law has been breaking, been broke, been being broke a thousand times a day across the country. And I'll never forget what she said. She said, Mr. McCabe, we're not here to talk about every other contractor. We're here to talk about you. Oh my God. And I'll give you three options. Option number one, you can keep doing what you're doing and we'll fully investigate you. Nah, wasn't really what I was in the mood for. Option number two, stop doing what you're doing. Also not in the mood for that because I got to put food on the table. Option number three, become a public license. Adjuster. I'll give you 90 days. Simple. And all of a sudden, Andy McCabe, who never intended to be a public adjuster, was a licensed public adjuster in the state of Oregon. And then were you doing were you doing estimates for for just con restoration contractors? Did you do any estimates for public adjusters before? No, I did. I did estimates for homeowners. I worked a couple of homeowners claims and got them hundreds of thousands of dollars they wouldn't be able to get on their own because- Just by putting the estimate together. Yeah, oh yeah. Right, and you weren't doing any kind of OOPA violation, you were just putting the estimate together, here you go, present this to your insurance company, you're probably gonna get a lot more than what you get with whatever they're gonna put in. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell that to clients sometimes. I yeah. have no problem doing that. Like, look, if you don't want to hire me, that's fine. But go get somebody who could put an estimate together for you and just present that to the insurance company and see how it goes. Because they don't speak the language. Right. Like we speak the language. We understand right. it. Yeah. But uh, evidently that's, that's an upper violation.
That is a that was a pretty good story. Holy moly, that must have been terrifying. A badge. Uh, we, yeah. And and when you, you, they push the tape recorder across the table and hit record right then, you're like, oh, damn. You could say on. fuck. You could say fuck. Only okay. adults are watching this. There's pretty okay. sure not kids are not watching this at all. They all right. care less. I'll, I'll was it a real badge? Way. Was it a real badge though? Or oh, was it, was it like legit. one of those ones you get in Halloween? You know. Uh, yeah, right. I, I mean, know. I don't know. Was it I, one of those like? Was it one of those where they just they just like they just like flip? They just flip then, it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you never know. It could, but at that point, they had me. That was the whole. I was I was hooked. It was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Let me let me try to back how my many, way out of this. How many years had you been putting the estimates together? I might I might have missed that. No more than one, one or two. You know, so I want to say it was 2013, midway through 2013, and I started in 2012. Um. And if they really wanted to, they could probably hit you with a violation or a fine for every single claim that you did throughout that year, right? Yeah, but they had no way to know. That's the thing. I didn't have any, you know, that none of that would be public, right? I didn't, re, I didn't interact with any adjusters. Um, and all the work I did was either for a contractor or a homeowner. And the homeowner was just, anyway. But my name is, was on those estimates. So I guess they could have found out, you know, figured out. Wow. I, anyway, it's But hey, it's, look, it led you it led you into the most amazing career, the uh, the a wonderful career of public adjusting. <laughs> yes, it did. Listen. <laughs> I call it the greatest job in the world. It's got its ups, it's got its downs, but it's really nice what we do, I think, you know, defending the homeowner, doing what we can, uh, you know, defending their rights as a as a as a little old and, mm-hmm. you know, homeowner who who doesn't know what the hell they're doing against a multi-billion dollar industry, you know, we're doing what we can to uh, to defend them. So, you know, I think it's a nice job. What I like to say, what I've started saying recently is the insurance companies have a 400 year head start, if not longer, on how to keep as much of that premium dollar as they can. And you had a claim in Hurricane Ida. All right. You've you've been in this industry, you know, as a homeowner, if you a victim of the Hurricane Ida, you've been in this industry for four weeks. They've been in it for 400 years. Who do you think has the better playbook? Mm hmm. You know, the industry needs folks like us, you know, badly, like, like worse than I think most people recognize how underrepresented the underrepresented the insured public is. This is why I think we're never going to go away. I mean, to be honest, I mean, everybody's always afraid of, oh, with all these laws and statutes that they pass against public adjusters and this and that. I mean, they could throw at us whatever they want. At the end of the day, there's always going to have to be an advocate for the policyholder. We're just going to have to be, you know, uh, and I, I just think I think we're going to be around forever. So, yeah. How's, uh, how's, how's Louisiana? How's Ida? How's the experience out there? I mean, are you there? Are you traveling there a lot? Or are you just getting a lot of assignments and, you know, uh, putting whatever you can together while you're still at home base. I've got my guy there. Um, awesome. so we've got, we're running the Matterport camera, we're running Fleers, we're running protometers, we're running, uh, drones. Uh, so with him running moisture inspections and drones and Matterports, I can do a whole lot of the rest of the claim from here. Awesome. From uh, but Louisiana, as it turns out, is a very difficult state to do PA work in. You can't, char- you can't charge a contingency fee there. Do you know that? I want nothing to do with it. That's me personally. Yeah. I understand it's everybody so that that's gets FOMO uh, and they want to go out there and they want to start. I get it. Uh, I've got too much going on here. No, thanks. No. If and, you, I, and I don't, and I heard, yeah, not just the contingency thing, but I just heard that they won't talk to you. They don't care. Hmm. They're not, they're not going to talk to public adjusters. They don't want anything to do with public adjusters. You can't really do much. You, you kind of have your hands tied. 
you know, they'll say, screw you, sue me. And, and that's what you end up having to do. The lawyers are going to clean up. You know, the lawyers have a really good environment in Louisiana. The PAs, you can't charge a contingency. Uh, you can't receive a check for more than your fee. So what insurance company is going to stroke a separate check for the fee? None of them are going to stroke a check for that. So I also heard do they, get... don't, they don't put your name on the check too, right? Oh, no, they won't. So it's just, it's... I it's, talked to an adjuster. I talked to an adjuster actually the other day who was telling me that it, what's the most annoying part uh, about his experience in Louisiana so far is that it's enough for us to have to stress <clears throat> dealing with the insurance company. But he's like, now, not only am I stressing that, I'm also having to deal with the homeowner mm-hmm. who doesn't want to pay me. Mm-mm. And they feel they get this check that's made out to them. And all of a sudden it's like, well, what do you mean? I don't have to pay you anything. And that's not cool. <laughs> No, you almost have to go into it with, uh, with an attorney in your back pocket. You've got you've to have some backup right. and you know, maybe go into each one of these relationships uh, uh, with representation. Uh, it's complicated enough that I decided I'm going to get my license there just so I don't have a repeat of 2013, but that's it. I'm not going to go chase claims in, in New Orleans. There's, it's just too too hazardous. Plus there's, there's plenty of contractors I can, I can go work for. There's, there's contractors need what I got uh, in my Xactimate expertise. You know, I can, I can do that. I don't, I don't need to go <laughs> chase. I had my, my favorite Oregon attorney on the phone yesterday and I describing that you can't charge a contingency. And he said, then why are you there? Right. Why would you even do it? And I'm like, good question. Great yeah. question. Is that your, is, uh, are the contractors, is that pretty much your number one, as far as in Louisiana and I did that's your number one, I guess, referral source. That's where you're getting a lot of your business nationwide. Yeah. It, my, my business overall claims delegates is mainly there. Uh, I like it. You know, I mentioned gateway drug. I like to be that stepping stone for non restorers to get into restoration because a lot of them, they know how to do good work. They know how to get the work. Uh, and they're getting asked to do this type of work. They don't know how to communicate, you know, in the, in the language of Xactimate. And I can give them that and uh, just give them that, that in and open up this market. It's a $300 billion market that no one really knows how to get into. You get it. There's a ton of hacks out there. There's a ton of folks out there chasing the money, but they get into it and they have no idea what they're doing. And they wonder why the receivables are 300, 400 grand over 120 days I can't get paid. I can't get paid. Well, you didn't talk the talk. And yeah, anyway. Yeah, you know. Uh okay. So so you're you're mainly <clears throat> so is that so that's your business model? Business model is mainly contractors putting together like a, like an expert report uh with photos, with arrows, with all kinds of stuff. Here's the damage here, here's the damage there, here's our uh evidence of a wind event, here's our moisture mapping and where all the water's coming from, here's our estimate, obviously, and here's what you need to present. And you have the and you give this to the contractor so the contractor could present maybe to the homeowner on behalf of them and to the insurance company and so on and so forth. What the funny thing is, I, I believe if you're a excuse me, if you're a licensed contractor, you're not violating UPA by doing that. I think there's a big gray area. I think we can both, we can all agree. Everyone out there heard that story earlier. Like that's bullshit. That's that's horseshit. What are you talking about? 
but I think there's a lot of negotiating that happens every day between the adjuster and the, and the GC. Um, so I mean, they can, they can talk that talk, but I'm, I always say the thickest file wins. So bury them, Yeah, bury them. Yeah. I mean, they're going to come with a stick drawing. I'm going to hit them with a Matterport, you know, no, no Matterport, no file with a Matterport attached to it goes to trial because it's irrefutable evidence and, 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 and um, sorry, um, juries eat it up. Jury Matterport presents very well at trial. So if you have a Matterport, the likelihood of the, of the carrier willing to go to trial on that Matterport is a lot lower than if you have some Polaroids and a hand-drawn, you know, stick-drawn thing, whatever. Well, let's face it, the Matterport just looks really freaking cool. It does. It presents, it's sexy. It's sexy. You're a big advocate. I show you my toy. You love, you love that Matterport. You have been raving about that thing for a very long time. I have. Uh, and the, the fine folks over at Insta360 sent me this bad boy. Oh, wow. So, cool. So I, that's all I used. Actually, I take that back. I did use the Big Pro 2 once last week, but for the most part, it was all Insta360. You do it on, you can do it on your, your phone with one of these. You don't need this big setup. It's not complicated. And so Wait, can you uh, can you put that up there again so I could I could name it again so those who aren't watching it on YouTube screenshot it. Um, okay, here's a instant Insta three sixty one X two. This is their next version of the one X, and nice. I would say it's comparable to the Ricoh Theta Z one. Nice, got it. This in a tripod. And, and so I, we did, we've done from last week, uh, $6 million, $7 million worth of estimates last week. I didn't draw one thing in Xactimate. Huh. I took the Matterport. I sent it to my dudes. My dudes sent my ESX back with the sketch. Done and done. And then you, but then you wrote it. Well, then I wrote it. Yeah. Right. So you got all the sketch. Everything's done. You don't have to do anything. How long does it take? I guess it depends on the house, but that does everything. You just, just, you give that to your guy in Ida in Louisiana and he just puts it in every room. Pom, mm. pom, 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 pom. Next room. Pop, 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 pop. Takes, next room. It takes a couple hours per, per property. But now we're doing the hover on the, I mean, this, this is the first storm I've done the hover and the Matterport combined. Mm-hmm. And if you pay for the professional version of hover, you can, pay $65 and get the siding and the roof in the ESX as well. Interesting. So I didn't draw one roof in Xactimate last week. That's got to cut down your estimate writing by like just like days. A half or days. Days. <laughs> days. Wow. And that's why I do it. A, because it saves time. And B, I don't have to have someone with my level of experience in the field getting the data. That's the beauty of it. I mean, I think every, that's the model I think everyone's going to go to is let's put a, you know, for lack of a better term, let's put a dummy in the field with some really cool tech. Um, well, you can do, I, I mean, I could send a link to a homeowner and they could, they could use this to do their own hover report and it goes directly to my account. Oh. Think about it. What, they have to set that up on a, on the tripod, the phone? No, hover? You ever never used it? I've oh, never man. used it, no. Oh man, you take eight pictures. It walks you through it. Hover report. Yeah, hover.to, I think is a 
Hover.to. Let's see what this hover.to is all about. Eight photos, endless possibilities. What the hell does that mean? Please explain. Well, you don't want to get in a roof anymore. I bought a drone because I I didn't want to get on roofs, right? You don't have to get on the roof anymore. Um, the, The app does all the fancy whatever pictometry they want to do, photo geometry, whatever they call it. Eight pictures, and I've got a report. I can pull those measurements in a matter of hours or, or like less than an hour. Yeah, see if you can do a solution. Oh, it even has restoration professionals on there. Look Interesting. So we're on the hover.to website for anybody who's interested in what they've got. And you basically take eight photos and you get a whole 3D rendering of the house. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Transform your business. And I can send a link. You know, I can do, I can send a link for free to a homeowner or a contractor. They do, they do their own takeoff. And before I pay for the ESX report, I can qualify that lead. And it cuts down. I mean, this is going to cut down windshield time. Like, like nobody's business. Right. How many roofers are out there driving, driving and driving, driving, um, where if you get a qualified lead in the door, just send them a, send them a link. Why is this ringing? I thought this was off. Huh. <laughs> it's okay. It happens. Um, yeah, so off. are you, so with the, yeah. with the contractors, the, you have your guy go out there, they call you, you do your, um, how often do you use the hover report? Do you get, what is it that exactly does hover give you when you put that thing in there, when you use it? Measurements. Gotcha. Full blown photos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With eight photos, and mm-hmm. how do the eight photos go? What is that? You just front, and then you know clockwise or counterclockwise around the house. That's insane. And even the zero lot lines, I was I was surprised. I mean, there's some houses that are really close together, and you can't get the whole thing. The, the instructions say you get the whole side, right? Well, it's not possible. But some of those, you just get catch a corner and, and get that side photo. It still does it. So it's. I'm pretty sure there's some magic elves involved um, <laughs> in the North Pole somehow, but right. it just does it. It just does it. That's fascinating. And uh, how long have you been using Matterport? Because I know, I know since we met, uh, I don't know, it's been about a year now, I guess. Uh, you've always raved about it. Um, how long have you been using Matterport? Hurricane Florence, 2018, gotcha. North Carolina, uh, Wilmington, or Topsail Beach was my first go. Uh, and I actually bought it off of our good friends, uh, our good friend, uh, Ryan, uh, David Herring over at okay. right loss. Mm-hmm. And he had a spare one. And I said, can you get it to me? And he overnighted it to me. And I, I actually did a Facebook live of the unboxing and, but it's, I see technology like this. You know, it's just a matter of time before it's on a little tiny drone and it flies in the house by itself. And you don't have to touch it, but right. this is going to change how claims are handled period, end of story. And back to my first statement, the thickest file wins, the best data wins. I'm burying adjusters with this stuff. And when an adjuster says, oh, wow, how'd you do that? That's exactly where I want them. Right. You stay there on the uninformed, uneducated, unmoneyed side of the claim. And I'm going to bury you with data. I'm going to bury you with my file. And you're going to, guess what? adjuster, you're going to use my data for your claim file. That's the idea. That's the ticket. 
the first number, I, I'm a big fan of saying the first number always wins. You know, either I'm going to start the adjuster's numbers and try to work my way up, or I'm going to force them to start with my number and try to force me down. A hundred percent. And for those people, for those that don't know, Andy's got a whole, he's got a great YouTube channel uh, that really talks about, you know, the reports that he puts together, estimating Matterport, uh, restoration, estimating all kinds of stuff. He's got his own book that he's written that he has somewhere that he showed to me earlier. Um, about water damage, really boring about, stuff, but it's it no, not for us. Uh, he's yeah. got a course as well. If you go uh, the 24 hourtechcom is a place you can go. You can purchase his course as well. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is that Andy knows his stuff. He definitely knows his stuff when it comes to when it comes to putting estimates together and putting reports together. Um, what would you say if you could just go from top down? What does one of your reports uh, entail? Well, it's going to have the backup data. It's going to have the hover report. It's going to have uh, the Matterport, obviously the Matterport tour. Um, I'm going to have. Uh, when it makes sense, usually larger losses, uh, one, one came to mind. So I did a Matterport five-story, ho- uh, not a hotel, five-story um, hospital. And I was, uh, the contractor wanted me to put together the mitigation invoice based on removed materials and equipment list. And while I was doing that scan, I, a lot of his equipment was still there. So I caught it in the Matterport. Well, I took a link you can go on Matterport and link. I mean, I could pull it up if I was prepared, but you can go in Matterport and link to any spot in that scan. So where it said air scrubber in the hallway number five, uh, 5,000 CFM air scrubber, it had a link in ExactMate to that. You click on it, it goes right to the Matterport. And oh, what do you know? I'm in the fifth level hallway and there, I'll be damned. There is an air scrubber there. Interesting. It's, it's irrefu- back to the irrefutable evidence. I'm going to rub your nose in it. I'm going to prove to you beyond a shadow of doubt, this equipment was there. This material was removed. This needed to happen, you know? And here's my estimate. Yeah, most of the estimates I do are not done on a normal price list. So it's going to be a customized market pricing. Um, but I, I like to think it's one of the most organized Xactimate files you'll see. It's going to have headers. It's going to be organized real clean. It's going to make sense. It's going to read easy. Uh, and then it's going to have all the backup documentation to it. So you ask what it looks like. I don't know. It looks like an Xactimate. It's not sexy. No, I, mean, I think it looks better than that. I know there's a, I, I've seen, I've seen a report that you put together and it looks a lot better than that. Yeah. Do you mostly work? I know I asked you this question. I know you said yes, but uh, how often do you work with public adjusters? I guess other public adjusters and not helping them put their often, file together. That's weird. I was, I was thinking about it today, and um, it's about the value proposition. And if if someone has in their head what something is worth, it doesn't matter if you're worth more. They're not going to recognize your value. Have you? discussed your value to a public adjuster and shown them an example of your work? I'm a big fan of not trying to preach to the, the unconverted. I'd rather speak to those who understand. Um, Uh, I think you're selling yourself short. I think if somebody saw one of your reports, they'd be like, you know what? That's worth it. Well then, then let them. Um, I'm just, I'm just not going to go out of my way to try to convince someone that needs convincing Cause there's plenty of folks out there that don't need convincing. Just say, here, take my money. Um, so I had a, I had a guy 
complaining about a $700 bill today, you know, 750 bucks. He said, I owe you 750, man, that's a lot of money. And I pulled up his estimate. And I said, I just wrote revenue to your company for $345,000. And you're complaining, huh? It was a PA. Huh? It was a but you're complaining about $700 you had to spend to make 345,000. That is making sense. I think we're having the wrong conversation here. Let's reevaluate our positions. Um, because what we do as estimators, we print people money. It's as simple as that. What so what, if you're a PA or a contractor or a homeowner, my job is to print you money. Um, but PAs have well not all PAs, but some PAs just have this idea that Xactimate is simple. It's data entry. I shouldn't pay more than $150 a file. But guess what? If you pay $150 for a file, you're getting $150 worth of value. You're not, you're not getting someone who's, you're not getting 20 years of restoration experience in a $150 file. Um, well, I think with PA is a little bit different. I, I, uh, what you put together, I know, is worth much more than $150, but I think PA is a little bit different because we're getting a we're getting a percentage of that $300,000 as opposed mm. to the entire $300,000. True. Well, I, I think I think all the functions of of this the estimating and the moisture mapping and all that, that should be that should be a claims expense. And I've well, had that's that's another thing, right? So one thing that I've started doing, uh, I've actually started adding my PA fee to the end of the estimate. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. if I'm paying someone like you to do what I need done, or if I'm doing all that work and I'm you know, investigating the claim and I'm taking all those photos and I'm doing my own moisture mapping or whatever it is, whether I'm paying you to do it or providing you information as well to help you with your file, I also think it should be... I can't use the term uh, um, uh, cost incurred because technically they're not incurred, but it's the same mm -hmm. thing as uh, uh, mitigating, uh, mm -hmm. mitigating the, the, the loss. It's the same thing as um, hiring an engineer to help investigate your side of the loss. It's the same That's thing right. as, as calling out a plumber to do a repair. Like all of it is pretty much the same. I mean, if what we're doing is investigating the loss, putting together a proof of loss, providing that proof of loss to the carrier and following the duties after the loss, why the hell aren't we getting paid for that separately in addition to what they're getting paid for build back? Makes they don't want to pay for it. It doesn't mean it's not covered. It does not mean it's not covered. And to all the <laughs> PAs out there, I'm telling you right now, I'm doing this myself. I am putting do? the PA fee as a line item at the bottom. Do you, well, I think I should put it, it in there. Don't do it that way. Don't do it that way. Why not? Add it like tax. Add it like your permit line item. The permit line item in Xactimate is added at the end, as a percentage, it's the additional fees. There's an additional fees section in Xactimate. Don't put it as a line item. Put it as an additional fee. I'll I, I, I show you how to do that. Well, it's, it's it. all right. I'm pulling up Xactimate now. We can keep oh, talking. Oh, no, you're not. Oh, my. Now we're going to send everybody straight to that nap that I was talking about. No, <laughs> exactly. I'm kidding. No, I'm, I was just kidding. I was kidding. Seriously, if you want to pull pillow it up. for you. Um, yeah, so I'm... don't put it as a line item because if you do, I guess you're right. Cause then they're going to bitch and moan about it. Anything you put in as a line item is you're, you're putting it up as a negotiating point. You're, you're putting it up as this is something we can talk about just like a uh, drywall removal or an air mover or a DHU, the PA fee, you're making a negoti negotiating point. Don't do that. Make it as a tax. Uh, now, I just switched over 
to x1. So I don't know my way around as much, but I think it's right here. There it is. Okay. How do I share my screen? Uh, I allowed you to share, so you can go ahead and share. Share screen. I'm just going to do the whole thing. And right here, additional charges. Boom. And you can see permits already in there. Right. It's got nothing attached to it. Add an additional charge. PIA. Flat fee? No, I want a percentage. Percentage of the items? I want 10%. Boom, oh. boom, boom. And that's it. And it'll show up at the very end. At the very end. What not line even, item? Is that going to be in the... Not even going to be a line item. Right. That's going to be in the... Hold on. I'm looking at an estimate right now. I just want to make sure I call it right. It's going to be in the permits. Uh, let me see here. It's going to be one of the last pages before the sketch. I've got material sales tax. Is that where it's going to go? No. Subtotal oh, overhead and profit. Uh, well, if you don't have a permit line item in that estimate, it's not going to show up. Mm, gotcha. So, I mean, you could you could probably real quick just go into additional charges on that and then put in a number and you know, mm -hmm. put a 500 bucks, add additional charge, uh, PIA, whatever. Now we're going deep. We're going super deep. I love it. I love it. I mean, I think this is very, very helpful and useful for public adjusters out there because, you know, and the other thing is you could at least tell the client like, hey, we're charging our fees on top of it. Just so you know, like that's that yeah. it's not coming out of your payment and nor should it. And, 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 I would, back, to and your, back to your previous point about costs incurred, I put Matterport fees in here, too. A hundred percent. I put 20, 20 cents a foot, by the way, Ida current market, 20 cents a foot to do Matterport scans. On the commercial side, that adds up. Adds up quick. Oh my god, but, I can imagine. But I've got I, I did twenty five thousand dollars worth of Matterporting last week, and you know that that fee got put into that emergency services invoice for that mitigator. Right. You know it did because they're getting compensated for that. Because guess what? That mitigator, that invoice doesn't go to the adjuster. That invoice goes to the home, the business owner. Right. The business owner incurred that cost. So all y'all mitigators out there, charge your client, invoice your client, and put in all the appropriate charges, including my fees. Right. Overhead and profit. We I mean, eat, yeah, our industry it's over, it's overhead. eats way too many fees. We eat way too many fees in this industry. There's no good reason for it. You know, I got an airplane to go to, to New Orleans. You know that airplane ticket was split up among those jobs that I did. There's mobilization fees in mitigation invoices. You get, I, I, I don't know how many Sunbelt invoices I saw last week. You have big desiccant dehumidifiers and gin sets. Well, guess what else is on Sunbelt invoices? Mobilization fees, hotels for their crews to set up the equipment, mileage charges from port to port. If Sunbelt can charge it, why can't we charge it? Right. I know. Weird. I started this new, this new meme series called Weird Thoughts from Space because the shit that comes out of my mouth makes too much sense. It's got to be from space, right? <laughs> <laughs> Andy, what, 13 years or so, 14 years now coming up as a PA, and I never used to put my PA fee. I never used to charge. I mean, never. I just started doing this. Like, I am literally started doing this the last few months. Mm -hmm. who, who, who did I get that? Yeah, I got it from, 
he gives classes from time to time. Cal um, Spoon. Cal. Yeah, Cal yeah. Spoon. I saw that and I I, I I saw he did a screenshot of his yeah, a like, PDF. And I was like, wait, whoa. It makes sense. No. Is that I actually, what I think it is? I, I called a bunch of attorneys too and I explained it to them and they're just like, makes sense. Makes sense. Why not? Weird thoughts from space. Weird thoughts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, okay. So you said in the, uh, I'm looking at an estimate now, in the permit, in the permitting fees. Is in that the, what you're suggesting? And then add Estimated permit charge. fees. And then add additional charge. All right. right. PAs. Right Listen to, listen, listen, listen to Andy okay, over here. Because that's how Cal stuff. does it. That's how Cal explained it to me, and that's how he does it. Yeah, but I've seen Cal's estimates too. There's an actual, it says a line item. It says PIA fee on it. Well, he could be doing it different, you know, different I ways just, for different different. I actually programs. just took his course a couple weeks ago, and that's what okay. he had. How was that? I, I think I need to go do that. It was intense. Yeah? It's, re it's really good. It's really well, good. I strongly dude. recommend it. He's Anybody an intense dude. Their head is an intense dude. He's an, he's an intense dude. His <laughs> wife is an intense woman. Uh, and even, uh, even, um, Sean Hodge is an intense attorney. Really, Ooh. really great people though. Uh, I like, I like people who are real. I've always been like that. I've, I like people who you see what you get, you know, yes, sir. Yes, and sir. Cal's Cal's like that. Cal's like, he's not going to beat around the bush. He's going to tell it like it is. And I like that. Cause there's no, there's nothing going on behind there. You know, you but know where you, see, you stand, you know, where you, you see stand. Cal, when you see Cal in person, it's all hugs. You know? Yeah. Nice. Um, ever, but I would, ever, I would recommend his course. You ever interacted with Jack Hanks? Mm -hmm, I have. Now, what's, what's he like? Not to Jack not is a great talk guy about too. a dude behind his back, but let's do it anyway. I, well, I don't know him personally, but I see his stuff. He's all over the place. He's always on a roof, flashing he's a always, peace sign. No, flashing yeah. a peace sign on like on like 2,000 square roof. Millions. Like that, you know? Millions. Um, no, I, Jack's a great guy. I love Jack. Jack's another one too. Like there's just something about Jack. I mean, Jack's just a loving guy too. Like the guy will like leave comments on his like on my stuff on Facebook. I love you, buddy. Like, you know, I don't know. That's uh, what we've got going on. I think in this PA industry that wasn't like that uh, in the beginning of my career is it was more competition back then. Now it's sort of begun to, we've sort of begun to realize, you know what? We're all in this fight together. You know, and it's not us against us. It's us against the insurance company. And like mm -hmm. I said in a, in a presentation I did, uh, one of my meetups the other day is we are under attack. Yes, we are. Public adjusters are under attack on a daily basis. And every year when these things go up to the, to the, to the Senate or to, um, you know, any, any kind of these uh, new uh, SB bills and Senate bills and stuff like that, they go up. It's always just to make our lives more difficult, which ultimately yeah. doesn't, not only hurts us, We'll figure out a way, but ultimately hurts the homeowner. It does. Hurts the insured. And if we're not coming together to try to just figure it out when they decide to put a new regulation on us or put a new statute against us or put a new whatever the hell they want to put on, if we're not sort of coming together to try to figure it out, um, then it's only going to hurt. It's going to. It's only going to hurt us. Uh, you know what I think industry. hurts worse is when we follow rules that don't exist. Well, that's the thing, right? So that's what I mean. I see your, I see a nice little certificate back there uh, from a from a, a course that you might have taken. I might One have. thing that I stress in the course that we've got is is don't be afraid. It's the old one. Talk. That's the old one right there. There it is. Do it. Who's don't that guy? Be, yeah. Don't be afraid to let the insurance company know what's up. Like, 
And again, I'm to blame. I'm only saying this because I know this from experience and I know new public adjusters or even seasoned public adjusters that they just sort of take it. Mm. We don't have to take take it. it. So I've got, I've got two, I've got two sentences up here on my blackboard. You can't see one says what rules are imaginary. And the other one is which rules are immutable. And I'll tell you the list of imaginary rules is much longer than the list of actual rules. And I had another quote up here before I erased it. You ever, you ever watched Game of Thrones? Oh, does, is there anybody in the world that has? You see, there's oh. a prequel coming out. I said there's, there's there? a prequel, a whole series prequel. Oh, anyway, um, so there's a there's a scene. Uh, it happens in a tower where where the the um, the the small Lannister, the dwarf Lannister. Uh, is right, so my, that's what my friends call me. We haven't met in person. So I know you're a tall guy, so you're, yeah, <laughs> I'm not that tall. So his body, Tyrion, 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 Tyrion's bodyguard is fighting for his honor. I remember you'll fight in, in, and there's a tower with a hole in the middle, mm-hmm. the, the, whatever it's called. And so this, they, they fight and they fight and they fight. And eventually Tyrion's bodyguard wins and throws the guy out, out into the, well of souls or whatever they call it and the queen says yes she says oh you don't fight with honor and the guy says no but he did and in the brawn man yes the thought that the the moral that story is there are no rules in a fight to the death so let's stop playing by other people's rules they it's not a fight. It's not, it's not a big fight for them, right? No adjuster is willing to die on that sword. But when they threaten our livelihoods, they're threatening our lives. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to adhere ourselves to some imaginary code of honor uh, for their behalf. We don't have any, we have very few rules we have to follow. So stop following dumb imaginary rules. Imaginary rules. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could. Uh, you don't fight with honor. Well, no, but he did. Mm-hmm. I love it. I shouldn't erase it. I don't know. My favorite line is I drink and I know things. <laughs> and I know things. <laughs> uh, but no, in all seriousness, um, like I had an adjuster call my client the other day. We had just, we just submitted the claim, supplemental claim. And the adjuster that wrote up the claim just calls the insured. Hey, uh, I saw that you just reopened a claim with a public adjuster. Why'd you do that? Why, why didn't you just call me? And we mm. could have just tried to figure it out. Why'd you call a public adjuster? You know, they're just going to drag the claim out. Mm. Why'd you like, make me call a public adjuster? Yeah. That's exactly what he said. You know, if, if carriers and their adjusters would treat the insured with respect and honor, we wouldn't need to exist. So my response was good morning mr bleep i spoke with our insured on friday and he informed me that you reached out to him not only did you and this is for all public adjusters to not be afraid to you gotta just stand up for yourself stand up not only did you exclude us from your communications with the insured but you also told him we would be delaying the process and would have been better off not hiring a public adjuster and reaching out and just to reach out to you directly this is unacceptable behavior and quite frankly I feel as though you may not be entering this claim investigation in good faith. Mm-hmm. As I'm sure you know, the insurer may not exclude the public adjuster from communications with the insured. With that being said, 
I expect that the rest of your communications to come through us first. Yeah. You don't That's need it. It's just simple. And you got it in writing and you got it here. So exactly. if all, if everything goes south or something happens, you're going to always have that in litigation, in the courtroom in or whatever. And My writing. favorite question I've ever answered in a deposition was uh, not, not to be confused with my favorite answer I've ever given on the stand, which is two different things, but uh, they had all my emails. You're going uh, to trial way too much, Andy. What's going on? You got, you got, you got recordings and badges a little bit I too much trial. in your face. I, I love sitting in front of a jury and just laying it out there because when you just lay it out there, it's simple. It's dead simple. So I wrote an email to, to my insurer. This is early on. This is one of my very first PA clients. I, I just got my license. I'm like, I'm going to go be a PA. Millions. Not so much. And <laughs> so I, I sent this email. Well, unless you're Jack Hanks. <laughs> unless you're Jack Hanks. And then yes. you're me. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so By this the way, comes up. I just my- want to say, I love how we're both standing up doing this. I just, <laughs> I just realized that. I think that's fantastic. Uh, my email you know, uh, was sent to the insured early on in the process. And I was, I was telling them, you need to be careful what you say to your adjuster because country insurance, country financial will take every opportunity to deny your claim. Oh, no, you didn't. You just called out the insurance company. Oh, no, oh my didn't. God. Oh, my God. Ah! Well, it's in, it's in a deposition somewhere in legalese in Oregon, so it's public. Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> And so the, this attorney, uh, God bless him, reads this email back to me and says, Mr. McCabe, do you, um, you know, can you tell me about that statement? And I said, we're here, aren't we? <laughs> you know, if, if you hadn't decided to send, this, send your insured to the SIU department, we wouldn't be sitting here today. But you did. So you proved my point in my email. I stand by my words, period. Yeah, they don't. This is a war. It's where they're at. I bring you back to we're under attack. We're under attack all the time. We are. And it, it's a polite war, uh, but it's a war nonetheless. And we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars annually, easily hundreds of millions. And you do the math. You know, paying for one coat of paint in this house and detaching, resetting this baseboard in this house and a roof repair in this house. You add that shit up over millions and claim millions of claims, half of which or probably a lot more. Everybody throws all these different numbers that don't get disputed. You know how much money they are saving by not I'll, hiring a professional? I'll do you one better. When I started in restoration in the year 2000, might as well be 1899, but the year 2000. I still think 1999, by the way, was like yesterday. I don't it know why. It feels like it. It feels like I had hair back then, though. <laughs> you do. It's you're nice. good, man. Uh, so they, we, we did mitigation. We did a lot of mitigation. We were the mitigation, premier mitigation contractor in Portland, Oregon area. Guess what we put on the end of all our mitigation invoices? 10 and 10. 10 and 10. W- what happened? We put 10 and 10 on roofing. Oh my God. Oh my God. The roofing one drives me crazy. So can you imagine every mitigation across the country with 10 and 10 added to it? Right. Now we're, now we're talking buh, buh, billions. Mm-hmm. That's real. We got to get, what, what's it going to take to get that back? 
It's going to take a lot. It's going to take a war. It's going to take a lot of battles. Uh-huh. But I'll just gotta, battle all day long. I love it. I love fighting the battle. Yeah. How many, uh, how much PA work are you doing now? I mean, obviously I know the bulk is yes. Not much, so. not much. Uh, frankly, I need to take your class again. I need to get into spoons class. I need to be better. At, I need to be a better closer. I am explain, a shitty closer. Explain to somebody and explain to, you know, one of the things when it, you work a lot with contractors, you put these reports together for them so they could submit it. What this actually would be an amazing answer from you. That could really, I think, clarify a lot. What is the advantage then? Why hire a public adjuster? I'm gonna put you on the spot. Why hire a public adjuster, Andy, if claim delegates and Andy McCabe could just come in and give his report to a contractor and let the contract why hire and let the contractor take care of it? Why hire a public adjuster? Because the contractor has no leverage. Contractor has no leverage. All right, I'm going to. uh, This is a a fiftieth minute of the podcast. I'm going to make sure market. Well, I mean, it's huge because it's been an issue that I've had. Okay. Look, let's face it. My number one referral source is, is contractors. Okay. Obviously and past clients. That's always going to be number one. So I got to be cool with them. But at the same time, it drives me crazy when these contractors don't team up with PAs in a way. I mean, again, I've got referral sources that are contractors. So I've managed to convince them, but there's how many contractors out there that just, I handle it myself. Why am I going to give up to 10 or 20% when I can do it myself? 55,000. 5,000 what? Contractors. You said how many? There's 55,000. 55,000 restoration contractors in the United States. I, I, I look at macro like, like what's the total market? What's, what's my target market share? You know, at the end of the day, would I like 1% of the restoration market? Hell yes, I'll take it. But, you know, so I've, if I've got a corral of 100 contractors right now, what's it going to take to take my business to 1,000? That's the next that's the next level. And it helps when you're thinking along those lines, what's the total? And so, you know, through interviewing with a lot of people in the know, know a whole lot more than I do, 55,000 is the number. That's how many restoration contractors there are nationwide. But not one of those contractors can go to the adjuster and say, oh, you want to take this? You want to take this off? Well, what part in the policy does it state that you don't owe to put that base shoe back the way it was? The second a contractor says that, the adjuster is going to go, gotcha. You can't talk to me like that. And they're going to just pile on because you can't have that conversation. you got no leverage. You can't talk about the policy. You can't Um, even mention the policy legally. Limits. To me, that's a big one. Limits. Every state's got their limits. And as a contractor, you cannot call them out on those limits. You cannot. Mm -hmm. You can't. You cannot legally have that conversation. And as an owner... You have the ultimate leverage, but none of the education experience. Insureds have, have all the leverage, but no experience. So you got to get the experience somewhere. And it's not from a contractor. You know, the, people say that PAs stand to profit from a claim. Yeah, that's how we make our money. Duh. But contractors, you know, I've never met one contractor that, that looks at an estimate and says, oh, I only want 80% of that estimate. They want the whole freaking thing. So yeah, everyone has a bias. Everyone has a dog in the fight. And, you know, everyone has, I'm I'm trying to first superlatives and I can't find them, but everyone has a reason. So just be upfront about it. Yeah, I'm in it for my 10%. 
And guess what? If I'm married to your claim for 12 freaking months, that 10% might not be enough. And I got to talk to you and your adjuster. And we figured out a way to add it on top of the actual build back. Yeah. Now, don't say that, all y'all out there. Don't promise that. Because you're, you're going to get every single adjuster, the first, the, the first few times you do it, let's say the first hundred times you do that, the adjuster is going to say, we don't pay for that. Hell, that really? happened to me on a USAA claim last year. Oh, we don't pay for that. They paid everything else. I got them from 70 grand up to 222, but they didn't want to pay my 22. Mm. Yeah, but the fight was gone. At that point, the insured was not willing to fight further. Mm-hmm. And so... We just, all right, right. you're going to, you're going to get 200 at the end of the day. You could have got 244, even my 20, but you know, That's fine. whatever. whatever. I mean, ultimately, I'm sure he was satisfied. You can't show me in that policy where it excludes that fee. There it is. Show me. That, and you could actually show them in the policy where technically it should be included. The loss settlement provision, anyone? That's it. Duties after the loss. Duties after loss. Law settlement provision, you know, these, these things are laid out. They're not complicated and they're, they're intentionally not detailed. There's so much wiggle room on both sides, mm-hmm. but unless, if you're a contractor, you don't have, you can't even use that. I mean, I would, I would tell you, don't even look at an insurance policy. Actually, my recommendation to contractors act as if the insurance company doesn't exist. Bill your client, do good work, bill your client. Do good work, bill your client. Client doesn't want to pay, lean them. Period, end the story. Because guess what? The pile of, the pile of, there's two piles of paper. I'm sure there's more than that, but let's go simplify. Two piles of paper on an adjuster's desk. One, these have liens on them. These don't have liens on them. These are going to get addressed first. Right. And there's another pile with PAs on them. That's going to get addressed before the unrepresented ones. Unless this is incredibly, you know, it's a partial denial or it's 50 cents on a dollar. Yeah, you're going to get that check real quick. But it's the other 50 cents that you hire somebody like us to do. So, God, I'm all fired up. I know. So, hey, I like it. I like it. So then why did you, I mean, I guess, you know, I know you've got, we've got a lot more as a public adjuster. We've got a lot more. Uh, more say in the fight is that the reason why you've tried to like you took our course and you want to take Cal's course and you want to like start practicing a little bit more just to just to just to get the practice or do you actually want to grow that side of your business there's more upside there's more potential upside okay why do you say that well because right you know when you're working for a wage you know I'm I'm working for by the hour right and yeah, I've got a nice little pyramid scheme where I've got other people working by the hour and I charge more per hour. It's called entrepreneurism, right? And subcontractors, you know, the contractors subcontract so they can make money on the margin. So I make money. I make a margin on every hour that somebody else works for me, but it's nowhere near the leverage and the potential of getting 10% of a big, you know, 10%, 10% of a million. of a $10 million claim. That's right. Where, where I write up that same claim, I write up as a PA, I get 10%. That's $100,000. I write it up for the contractor that does that claim. I might make two grand, right? four grand, maybe tops. 
if it goes into five grand, that contract is going, man, that's a lot of money. Fuck, man, it's made you a million dollars. Shut up. Write your right. check. But anyway, that's hopefully none of my clients hear that. No, I love I you. Mean, I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's 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 exactly it. That's why I tell people this job is the possibilities are endless. The yeah. possibilities are endless. The the what what you could make in this, what you could make. I did a presentation the other day that talked about uh, you know, how you could make uh, how, you can, how you can get to seven figures by not really working full time. Because when you break it down, public adjusters or people who are thinking about it, when you break it down, what we make per hour on an insurance claim, I mean, you're making thousands of dollars per hour. Like that claim, if you settle a million dollar claim and you make $100,000 on that claim, what, how much time did you really spend on it? And, mm-hmm. and you know, the bigger the claim, the more time you spent. But what did you, maybe 12 hours? 20, mm-hmm. Let's say you spent 24 hours on that. You break that down. That's pretty damn good. It's about thousand mm-hmm. dollars an hour. No more. Hundred thousand. That's way more. That's just. It's crazy. <laughs> you know. So. There, but I've uh, the reason I got to take your class again and take Spoon's class um, is that I have a tendency to get busy and distracted, and the claim gets old and stale. And it's I've got five open claims right now that are over six months old. Why? Because I can't figure out for the life of me how to get the adjuster off the ball to start writing checks. So file a complaint. I Does that do any good? I've done file it. A, I've well, what, happens, what happens with the complaints is uh, if, and I mean, you just have one, you're just one person, but if we're all doing it as a whole, this is why it's important we all get together. If there, it gets to a certain point where if there's a certain amount of complaints on a particular insurance company, they get, they get audited pretty pretty nasty. I've heard that the that the DOI looks into it pretty mm-hmm. heavily, and I know the DOI is not always on our side either. But I mean, it's for, if it's not for nothing, just make their lives a living hell. I filed three complaints on one claim ever. You know, on oh, two. that's your problem. I filed three on one claim. Oh, well, I <laughs> need to depending on better. the limit. Depending well, on the you, limit that they screwed up. Like if I, I send an take- email. And I don't get a response for over 14 days, I file a complaint. If I send my POL, I don't get a, a coverage decision within 30 mm. days, I file a complaint. If I don't, yeah, it's... Mm. You See, gotta look I've up your a, statutes and stuff in your... That's unfair, why I've got to take your class again to remind myself... Unfair Claims Practices Acts. There's these there's these things. There's these mm-hmm. timelines. And I need to take a book, uh, a page from your playbook and hire a, a letter writer uh, to work for me full-time. And I'm sure that... I've thought helped. about that. I'm sure that helps. Well, you've got you've got a person that does that, doesn't it? Well, I've got Tammy. Tammy does. She she drafts our complaints and stuff because yeah, what you have to do the complaint takes time because you have to look at all your notes of the claim. You have to look at when an email was sent without a response, mm. when the inspection was done that we haven't heard anything since, you know, and then you have to put all that stuff in the complaint. Um, I uh, going back to us against them though. Um, I just for some reason did you see my story yesterday about my engineering inspection? No, I didn't. I missed it. You want to know what the engineer told me? What he was doing? You know that what what his report entails. Was it the was it the carrier's engineer or your engineer? It was the carrier's engineer. Mm, no, tell he, me. He told me that his report is based on a factual based opinion. Factual based opinion. Ah. Okay. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Wow, that's interesting. Okay. 
So I teach my guys to drill the engineers and drill the adjusters. Like, just ask them questions. Just ask questions. And he started. My guy started like, it was great. I mean, and he's really good, very personable, young kid, good-looking kid. And he just knows how to talk to people. And he's just like, just yeah, so. Him. Yeah, he's like, so, well, you know, so how long have you worked with the company? Oh, yeah, oh, it sounds like a great company. And he's like, oh, a couple years. After the conversation, he, he, we fear, we realize he's only he's been there with them for less than a year. And, you know, what kind of engineering? Oh, we do structural engineering. But, you know, the company does a lot of other kinds of engineering, and they sort of move us around to do, like, different like yeah, different kinds of – we do structural, and we do forensics. So, and different So out of, of your stuff. area of expertise, but you can still provide a factual-based opinion. Oh. Well, what is a factual-based opinion? It's a fucking opinion. No, and he says, we do a factual-based opinion based on a non-constructive investigation. And we're like, what's this, what is that? What the hell is that? Non-destructive or non-destructive? He said, I heard him say non-constructive. Not, maybe non-destructive. So we're like, what is that exactly? Oh, well, we just sort of take a look at everything. And we I have my moisture. It. Exactly. <laughs> and we're like, well... And he goes, and he just keeps going. My guy keeps going. He's just like, well, do you take any kind of tests? Do you do any kind of, like, samples? Do you do anything like that? He's like, no, no. We just, you know, we draw it out, and we take a look. We have our moisture reader. We take to see. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I could have hired a water mitigation company to do that. You don't have to do Why? This engineer thing that they send out is just such bullshit. I've got an engineer that I sent out, I sent out to a, a veterinary hospital claim that I have up in Pensacola, and this guy is going in, and he's, like, taking, like, like, like the dimensions of the building multiplied by the, by the, by the, the structure and what it's, and what it's made out of, uh, multiplied by the wind speeds at the time of day, by the age of the, of the building. Like he's like putting all this together and he's coming he's, on our behalf so that we can prove. Sciencing the shit out of it. Yes. Well, he's doing his job. Yeah. These guys just give their opinion and it's like. <sighs> well, you know, you know what they're paid for their opinion. Peanuts. Hmm. You know, if you're going to give me $150 to do an engineering inspection, you're going to get $150 worth of my freaking opinion. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's, that's what we need to shed a light on is what are you getting paid to do this? So you got, you, you paid a guy $150 to drive probably four hours to get here to spend 25 minutes on site to rip me off to the tune of a hundred thousand dollars. <sighs> and those look at reports. the return what's the roi to the carrier on that oh, yeah. 150 gets them 100 grand they'll do that every day of the week did you see my interview with jeremy reddick oh no i like jeremy too i've been oh, actually I, I gotta you gotta hook me up with him i want to get him on my podcast okay, let's let's make that happen let's yeah, yeah, let's yeah. make that he's a great guy he's awesome. been an ia for years but he's no great. I was supposed to be on his podcast jeremy if you're still listening right now you 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 canceled on me son of a bitch <laughs> Jeremy, I like you. You're a good guy, but I'm just, just you know, being sarcastic. But you scheduled me. You, we need to reschedule. Come on, Jeremy. Where are you at? So, so he pulled the curtain back quite a bit, and he's talking about these Wardlaw guys. These Wardlaw guys getting 125, 150 dollars for these inspections. He's an IA, not, right? not inspections. No, these were desk adjustments. But Jeremy's an IA, right? Yes. Okay, cool. So these Wardlaw guys. Um, what are they? they Wardlock? What'd you say? I'm sorry. Ward, <laughs> warlocks. Yes, they're, war, they're wizards. Uh, no, Wardlaw. W a r d l a w. Wardlaw. It's a big IA firm. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So um, carriers just drop piles of piles of mitigation invoices on them. Invoices. Don't call them estimates. Don't ever <laughs> call them estimates. It's not a negotiable document. Work was done. All right. So they drop the carrier will drop a pile of these invoices and they'll just dial for dollars. 
they'll call up these poor contractors and say, hey, uh, we don't think your bill is justified. And, you know, and, you know their, their goal is 50 cents on the dollar. But what Jeremy said was killer. And I was like, you know, I, I shit myself a little bit. And I was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> he said, when Wardlaw gets a guy on the phone that doesn't budge, they just kick it back to the carrier and the carrier pays it. I said, what the fuck are we doing negotiating with terrorists then? He's like, exactly. <laughs> don't. Don't do it. So, you know, if you're out there, a ju- uh, contractors, if you're out there and some jackass calls you from anywhere and tries to take you know, Code Blue, especially. Oh, Code Blue is the worst. You have any experience with them? No. Oh, they're terrible. You know, you're not even on Code Blue's program, but they'll treat you like they're on the program. Code Blue's thing is, is they, they get you on the program. They give you free leads, right? As a mitigation contractor, you go out there and do the work. And they tell you how to do your job. They tell you how to do the job and how to bill. They actually don't, they don't let you bill. They bill for you. <sighs> so what they'll do is they'll give you 60 cents on the dollar. They're going to, they're going to build a carrier full boat, but they're going to give you 60 cents on the dollar. That's how Code Blue makes their money. So so Wardlaw, you know, if you're a contractor out there and somebody calls you and trying to reduce your bill for work you've already done, just tell them no and hang up the phone. If they call again, don't answer the phone. Because guess what? The check's going to come because you're not willing to negotiate with terrorists. Don't play by imaginary rules. Imaginary Show me the calls. Rules? Back to imaginary rules. It's all for a cir- full circle. Full circle. I had an adjuster tell me yesterday... He goes through my estimate in an email, like this line item, this line item, and he calls my he calls my line items inflated. I'm like, dude, these are Ooh. right from exact. I'm like, first of all, what are you implying by quote inflating quote? Mm-hmm. And these are exactimate line items. And then I said, as a matter of fact, you know what? Speaking of inflation, <laughs> we've had a lot of that lately, haven't we? I put this in the email. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. Mm-hmm. And um. This is a claim that you guys have been sitting on for, uh, I think it's, a, it's a, a Sally claim. So it's been a year. I wrote up the estimate probably six months ago, something like that. So, hmm. you know what? You're right. Speaking of inflation, 8%. I said, here's my offer. It was 100% of my estimate is what I'm looking for. And I'm going to give you 24 hours. And if you don't pay that, I said, I'm going to go back to Xactimate. I'm going to plug it in and I'm going to update it. And guess what's going to happen? It's going to inflate mm-hmm. and it's going to be a lot higher. So what do you want to do? Period. I haven't had a response yet. So I guess I should go do that. Probably I had a guy call me a fraud. Oh, yeah, I've had that too. Yeah. yeah. I I've, I've called, I've called adjusters frauds. I've called, mm-hmm. I've, I've accused them of fraud before. I had one, I had one that, uh, she was just adamant about the fact that there was no water damage to the wood floor. And I'm like, what is like, she was just incompetent. I'm like, there's photos of the damage. No, there was none upon our inspection. Da, 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 da. Like mm. I said, you are committing fraud right now. We got, we kicked ass on that claim. But it goes down to you got you got to like don't be afraid to say these things in writing. So why'd you get accused you know of fraud? You fraud. Well, I put together a mitigation invoice. It's it's a it's it's amazing. I love this story because what the adjuster didn't catch was ninety thousand dollar one line item for ninety thousand dollars for pumping standing water. He didn't touch that. What he wanted to talk about was the fact that my contractor client had some of his his owned equipment and he had to supplement with some rented equipment and i put it all in there as his equipment charged line item exactimate line item pricing and marked it up 10 and 10 he said you can't mark up rented equipment 
I want to see that invoice. And I said, I'm not sending you that invoice. You don't, you haven't earned the right to see that invoice. And he said, well, that's just fraudulent. You're stealing. And you're like, whoa. Okay. Okay. Did you? But, but beside a, myself with the $90,000 of pumping standing water. I mean, okay. Uh, as a licensed PA, does that, do, do you have the uh, leverage to talk as a PA, even though you're not the assigned PA on the claim? I think I can. I'm just asking. I don't know how that it's works. A, so. It's a licensed function and nothing that I recall in in the laws that I've read and the tests that I took said that I can only talk policy on claims that I'm representing the insured on. I right? agree. Yeah, no, I but I don't I don't play that card because it it frankly just creates too much drama for mm-hmm. my clients. Um, unless they want me to go there, but then I can't work for them. I gotta work for the insured. Um, yeah. Do you have any care? Do you have any carrier work? <laughs> I'm just asking. You put together some really kick-ass reports. I've seen them. I wouldn't be surprised. They don't like you... them. They don't like them. They don't like your reports. So two weeks ago, I got a, um, I, there is an IA that calls me from time to time. They got nobody else near me. Bend, Oregon is this geographic Island. I mean, everything else is three and a half hours away. Portland is three and a half hours away everywhere else. So I'll get this. I'm not going to name the carrier. I feel sorry for them, frankly. But I go out and investigate a few uh, June, June this year, we had a microburst event, some serious wind and hail just to a section of bend. It's like I was, I remember that day because I was, I live on the west side of town. You know, I was, it was the middle of summer, nothing, you know, nothing. I show up to work. My office is on the other side of town. There's, there's piles of hail in around my office building. I'm like, what the, in the, in the, the warehouse next door, they're mopping water out the door. I'm like, what the hell happened here? Well, the microburst event and you know, a bunch of people damaged her anyway. So I finally get this claim two weeks ago. They say, you need to, you know, this roof claim, blah, blah. I couldn't get a hold of the, the insured, but I went out and did my, my exterior inspection. Anyway, got the drone up in the air, wrote up my great sheet. $32,000, I think, siding, roof, gutters, paint. Um, they, they took one look. They said, well, where's your, oh, where's your, um, your picture of your inclinimeter? In, what, do you measure the- For the slope of the pitch, roof? Your pitch meter. The pitch, your, right, right. I need, uh, we need a picture of the pitch meter. Um, and I said, well, I've got, you know, I've got the, I've got the measurements. I did it with my drone. I, I use this company called um, um, Certify that they do. It's drone-based measurements. They do it right there. I mean, it's, how do you refute that? Oh, and we need you to do a brittle test. I'm like, a brittle test? Well, there's not enough evidence in your photos. I took about 800 uh, <laughs> to show that the roof is is sufficiently, oh, not enough hail hits per square to justify full replacement. And and I responded to that email, said, I'm not your guy. My, my estimate is good. I've been doing this a long time. Reassign this claim. I got a call from the claim manager. Hey, well, whoa, 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 no, we don't want to reassign the claim. Let's do this. And, you know, and the insured called me back and I, I told her, hey, I'm not on the claim anymore. I asked him to reassign it. Here's my number, by the way. This is why they probably don't want me on the claim because I'm going to be straight up. 
I'm, and I told the insured, ma'am, you've got $32,000 worth of damage. If they come with $10,000, you're being underpaid by 20. Just know that. I'm not going to send you my product because it's their work product. I can't show you my estimate, but that's the number. And then I left, went to, you know, last minute trip to New Orleans last week. And then they reassigned the claim while I was gone. And then the new adjuster reaching out to me. I haven't reached out to them. I'm, I'm morbidly curious to have that phone conversation with the new adjuster. But they don't want me on their claims. The one time I testified in federal court, I told Amika, you don't want me on the stand because I'm goddamn honest. Right. And I stand by my work product sitting there in front of a jury of my peers. There's a Mr. 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 McCabe. I see your first estimate was $525,000, but your fourth estimate only has a partial roof replacement is $400,000. Can you explain to us what happened? Yeah. The adjuster told me to take the roof out. No more questions. <laughs> you, I, 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 I work IA claims so I can say with a straight face, I work, work for both sides. sides. Yeah. That's the only reason because the money's no good. No. And it's the drama. I've had, I know I've seen emails and I know people who have done estimates for carriers, stuff like that, where the carrier will send back, you know, adjust your depreciation percentage, take this item, take this out, take that out. We don't want this. Mm-hmm. We don't want that. Dumpster, you know, uh, shorten a uh, less less of a dumpster load, less permits and fee. Like it's 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 crazy. It's crazy. The minute the minute I put anything less than a full roof replacement on something, that's just a landmine waiting to bite me in the ass three years from now when I get called out on it. I I won't do it. I don't think it's the right way to do it. I don't think it's fully indemnifying the insured. There's no such thing as a roof patch that's just as good as pre-loss condition. You know, there's a hundred different reasons I won't, I won't patch a roof. I won't do one face of a roof. It's not the right job to do, but IAs are forced to do it every day of the week. How bad was the hail damage? Pretty bad? It was bad. It was, I mean, missing shingles. I mean, there was, there was, you know, obvious strike damage to the gutters. I mean, it was, it was bad. I took my drone up that morning. I'm like, I, I, in a little industrial complex, I'm like, oh, there's going to be some work here. I took a drone up. I took photos of, you know, all the soft metal on every building within a mile is damaged. Do, do you include sheathing hundred percent sheathing when you replace your roof? That goes in the category of how the fuck should I know? We don't know until that roof is. I have all my, in my last meeting, last two meetings with our, with the adjusters were like, I'm like, if you have a roof claim, get in the fucking attic. Like I went in the attic today. I had an appraisal today. And I went into the attic, and guess what I found? Found damage. Yeah. Oh, but that's rot, sir. Oh, really? I Hmm. mean, how do you think the rot was created, jackass? Well, you you still need a nailable surface. Well, that's the other one, right? Cal actually taught me that. Uh, I have it somewhere up here. Right, so warranty, right? Shingle Mm -hmm. warranty states Mm -hmm. that it needs to be nailed into a Mm -hmm. solid, nailable surface. And once you Mm -hmm. yank that nail out, and you put a new shingle in, it's no longer a solid nailable surface, correct? Not in my opinion. But there's a, there's a, here's a, there's a reason that uh, carriers don't want anyone to do demolition or mitigation before an adjuster sees it. Because the perfect case in point, last week, last week I inspected several properties with no mitigation has been done. 
and four weeks beyond the law, the event, I'm not going to pick up a whole lot with my moisture meter, but I know that wall was probably damaged, but until I pull it apart, I can't see it. I can't tell. So an IA running through that property, they're going to write a 10 cents on a dollar estimate because it's not damaged. I can't tell in my factual opinion, <laughs> it's not I'll tell these. I tell these mitigation guys who, again, what did you say? Uh, Make-believe rules. They're following these make-believe rules because they're afraid of the insurance company, and they're just like, I can't rip it out. And I tell them, like, rip that shit out. I said, take a photo. Take a photo before. Take a photo of your moisture reader and fucking rip it up. Tear it up. When in doubt, tear Tear it it out. Period. End of story. Because I can't write a repair estimate for something you haven't damaged yet, so get it done. Tear it up. Tear it out. Do the foot cut. Mold here. Oh, there's mold two inches above Take the base. Take out the baseboard. Pull Take those little floors up. Foot. Glue down. I don't care. Take it out. Take it out. That's your job. That's your job, mitigation guys. Get it out of there. Oh, because and, mitigate, and like you said, the code blue, like people, they go in there and they just set up a couple DQs and a blower and they're just like, eh, you know, you'll be fine. We'll be back in a couple days. They don't tear out anything. And then you got mold and I walk in there and it smells like mildew and mold and just, and they got blowers on blowing it everywhere. Yeah. And I can't write. A, I, I made a brief video. I did. I went to Facebook Live before but testing all my equipment minutes before we got on here, and I, I said I can't write a good sheet if you haven't done the demo, because mm-hmm. I have no idea what I'm writing for. Mm-hmm. It's all imaginary, and I I don't. I'm not a big fan of creative writing. I'm not a creative writing expert. I'm an Xactimate estimate. Xactimate is what needs to be done. If I can't see it, if I can't document it, I can't put it in my my estimate. It's just so many problems with folks just being all timid. Oh, the insurance timid. company didn't give me a green light. Who the fuck do you work for? Get it straight. That's right. Now they're I'm like really f- preaching. They're afraid. Act like a contractor. Work for your client. Bill your client. Well, you're an expert. You took this double IRS uh, QRCD uh, certification and H and HAG, HAG or alert or whatever to run other roofing. You do. You're supposed to be an expert. So what are you supposed to do if you see the damage? You're supposed to remove it. Get it out. The latest, the latest version of the S five hundred states that very clearly. You are the on-site expert. You make the final determination of what needs to happen on that job site. You own that job site. So act like it. You know how many conversations I've had with mitigation guys that I send out there? I know these guys. They call me like, oh, well, what do you think I should do, Vince? And I'm like, I'm the claims policy expert. You're the water mitigation expert. What do you think you should do? Well, yeah. you know, there's a lot of damage. And I'm like, so then what do you think you should do, bro? Fix it. Probably tear it out. Yeah, tear it out. Yeah, tear it out. The they want permission. Say, take photos before. This goes beyond our industry. We have this weird culture of asking for permission for things that we know better. You know, if I'm driving the car, I'm not going to ask my 12-year-old in the back seat which lane I should be in. I'm driving the goddamn car. Drive the car. Make it happen. I like it. it. We've got make-believe rules we've learned today. Asking for permission on a roll. Right. Well, we, we, we've done this once or twice, haven't we? We've done yes. this once or twice. Yes, we have. Well, so where, um, where are you going? I'm going to, I'm going to flip a little bit. Where is elite resolutions? Where's Vince Perry going? The, the podcaster to the podcaster, the six, the six to 12 months. Where did, let's, let's, let's go more general. Where does this industry going? Cause I, I agree with you, what you said earlier about 
we used to be fighting each other worse than we would fight the carrier. Now I think that environment is changing. We're realizing that, hey, we're stronger together than we are fighting each other. So where's this industry going? Where is, is PA and restoration? I mean, Mother Nature's serving up 1,000 year events at three year intervals. Where are we going next I'm, year or so? For me, as far as Elite Resolutions is concerned, I'm trying to I'm trying to really build a team to get to the point where I don't necessarily have to sign nearly as many claims where I can train the guys. Um, I guess sign large loss, or if we get a storm, I'll sign. But even then, and it's difficult for a PA owner, I know, uh, because even if the owner's not signing claims and getting that 100% and not having to give away like a percentage, it's hard. It's hard. So I'm hoping mm. that I could build a team large enough where everyone's getting a nice fair share. I'm still able to make up for, the, I guess, the lack of claims. And then any claims that I get, and I get just – just being the commercial claims advocate, I get messages all the time. Hey, I got a claim here. I got a claim there. I'd rather just give it to these guys. Like, hey, you guys take care of it. We're going to be sort of watching over the whole thing. I'm going to, I train them. And now I do a training every other week with the, with the adjusters. Okay. Um, I try to go out with to your, the, to the in-house property. guys, or is that open to, you no, train your in-house folks? Or? Well, I'm going to get there. So for okay. only the okay. in-house guys, I try to train them. And then what I'm trying to do is um, I'm actually... Uh, I'm part of an inner circle, like mastermind group of actual of roofers and salespeople. Mm -hmm. And I would like to try to uh, start building a team of, of I want to start recruiting like, you know, Andy McCabe, who does estimates, doesn't really know much about public adjusting or whatever. Just somebody, when you started, you said you were working at, I forgot you said you were working somewhere, you know, whatever, some waiter that I go to a restaurant, mm -hmm. dude. Oh, actually I did it with today with my banker who I've known for a long time. He's probably in his early twenties and I'm always in there depositing nice size checks you know, and I'm depositing one today and I'm just like, dude, you should really think about it. He's like, yeah. He's like, what do you do exactly? Because I had like my shirt on and I tell him, I explain, I said, you should come out. I said, what if I could come, you could come work for us. Um, you know, obviously look for claims. I'll train you how to look for claims. I'll even, if you, if you start bringing in a decent amount of claims and I'm training you how to do everything, I may pay for your license on, on to do it. And then you start working for, I want to start doing that, recruiting and really building a team here in Florida and Texas. And then as like far it. as the Commercial claims advocate, yeah, probably a lot of consulting there as well. Just making sure we're doing this right, you know. Just uh, too much when I first started. Uh, you don't know how many claims I did, and I never even took a photo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would just put an estimate together, submit my LOR, submit an estimate. Let's go. Oh, yeah. In the beginning, I wasn't trained. I didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't trained at all. I mean, I was literally just a sales guy. That's the big epidemic here in Florida, too, is they hire a lot of adjusters to be sales guys. Like, no, you got to train them how to do the work. Oh man, they don't take their jobs, I guess, seriously enough. Um, so that's what I'm trying to. I want to. I want to help with the industry. Just really, I love the coaching. That's just my passion. I mean, I was a tennis coach for 15 years, man. Okay. I, mean, I taught. I taught kids from four years old to 94 years old. Mm -hmm. You know. I like and, it. And and and, that, and that's what I want to do. Give back to the industry that's given me so much. I um, think you're 100 percent on with the the talent. You're not. You're not hiring someone with with a PA skill set. You're looking for someone with a mindset and, and a specific heart. Uh, you know, you know, sales is one thing, but also service is another thing. Mm -hmm. um, I, bought, I bought a really expensive bike this year so I could try to keep up with my boys on the downhill. A bicycle? Uh, a bicycle, yes. A, a for all you bike nerds, out, you spoke nerds out there, it's a transition sentinel, full carbon, double XL, uh, 150 
150 travel front and rear. Uh, got the full remote. Um, but you're in Oregon. That's got to be more of like a mountain bike, right? Like that's got to be more. That's not a road. Oh, it's bike. a full on mountain bike. It's yeah, a full yeah, on yeah, downhill mountain bike. Um, I mean, like catching air, catching air and, and trying not to die. But I'm, I am so broken. Anyway, I'm glad. This I was going to say, you're not going to be standing up on this interview if you start doing that too much. Dude, you should see my knee right now. It's, it's, <laughs> it's about this big around. Oh, God. So, but the guy, yeah, I've got my favorite bike shop here in town. And one of the managers there is the guy that was working, you know, when you buy a $7,000 bicycle, you go through some steps, right? You know, you're, not, you're going to Walmart and buying a Schwinn. You're, you're going through some steps. And this guy was amazing. He was great. A great salesman. He knew his stuff, but he knew me by the end of it. He knew me better. And he's asking me and you, you drop seven large on, um, a bike, the guy's going to ask, where do you get that money? Right. I mean, how, what do you do for a living? So I was telling him and, you know, I was explaining to him, Oh, I, I got to go to here. Got to go there and run into this stuff. And, but he's like, are you hiring? And in the back of my mind, I'm like, this guy be a great hire. This guy be amazing. Like he's that. good with customers. He's smart. He picks up stuff. He's willing to learn. I mean, that's what we got to look for as, as anyone, just business owners, we got to find, we got to fill that talent gap. And, and start early and often finding dudes that to come, come in here because this is not an industry people go seek out. Nobody, when they're a kid, <laughs> is saying, <laughs> I want to be an insurance adjuster when I grow up, let alone a public adjuster. I mean, I think everybody has a very similar story where they just happen to meet somebody who said they were a public adjuster and their follow-up question was, what the hell is that? That was my story. I was teaching yeah. tennis to this guy. And I'm like, how are you able to afford four tennis lessons a week at like $70, $80 a pop and mm -hmm. have the time to and attend the time. them? Yeah, and the time. You know, there's very few, uh, very, well, I don't know about this, but I, I think there's very few professions out there that take such a, a low beginning skill set and have such an upside. Yes. I mean, I've got my, I've got my boys in, in lessons, you know, skateboarding, mountain biking, um, snowboarding so that, that season starting now you know each one of those comes with very expensive equipment <laughs> i mean i set up my boys with new yeah, and, they're, and they're growing right now so this year's a new snowboard kit right. all over again and then we're talking about 700 dollars at least per kid mm -hmm. and then i'm about five grand deep in lessons for both of them for the season where else can i go mm -hmm and make enough money to support something like that. And you started with nothing. Like you started with no knowledge and you yeah. learn. I think, I think that's why I'm sort of trying to make that shift. And I think that's why I want to relate it to like these roofers and contractors who hire these door knockers, you know, come out, start as that, learn the mm -hmm. ropes. You know, I'm going to pay you, I don't know how much per week just to go out, hustle, see what you could find, inspect the loss, take photos. It's not hard to take photos. Is there a way to take photos? Yes, I'll teach you that. Mm -hmm. You know how to freaking take your camera and take photos. Uh, take measurements, sketching. I'll teach you how to sketch in a day. You know, it's, or, it's not hard. Or get a matter you don't, you don't have to sketch anymore. Hey, you love Stop that fucking sketching. Matterport. <laughs> get a fucking Matterport. No, my, I was my, actually uh, thinking, uh, not Matterport, but like I, my big things are, I have three tools that I always use. I have a flashlight, a laser measure, and a, a water moisture meter. I was taking every mm -hmm. new guy that comes in. I'm just, just order for them. 
What's that going to cost? 150 bucks for all three? 200 bucks? I don't have that. It's not fancy stuff. Here, Dude, here's what you need to do what, what you What meter do. are you using? Oh, I don't use a good one, but it works for okay, me. Okay, I was going to say. You were the techie, man. You and Rico, remember on the on the course, are just like, I've got the S5000, 300, whatever. And I'm just like, dude, yeah, come on. But no, it's it. It's, I, I, anyway. I, won't, I won't put a meter in a guy's hand less than $700. Oh, God, no. So unnecessary. But my, so we've got a different, we got a different setup though. I mean, your needs are different than my needs, but my favorite guy, my partner down in, in Metairie now, uh, I found him on a temp crew in Houston. Ah. I pulled him off a temp crew because I was doing consulting on the same property he was doing demo on. And we just struck up a conversation. I liked his vibe. I mean, he was not, he was not a temp crew guy and he needed more. He, he was, he was worth more. So I stole him. I stole him from my own company. I was working, for, I was consulting for ATI and he was working at Tim Crew for ATI doing demo. But now he's still, he, we're still working together because nice. he had the right set of skills. And so, you know, right now I've got $15,000 worth of equipment in his hands in, in New Orleans. You know, I shipped him a drone. I shipped him my meter. I shipped him, a, he's, got, he's running the Matterport. And, but that, that small investment it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a 10x or 100x return long-term. 100%. I agree. Equipment is very important. Having everything like just like, I mean, I like what you said in the beginning is uh, just have everything in there. 800 photos, have your markers, have your moisture, to have just get a freaking thick file, present it to them and just be like, that's it. Here's what it is. You can't do much after this. Well, I think PAs need to leverage, they need to leverage current state of technology and services better. Because you don't, you've got enough to deal with as a PA, with the policy and the client and the you know everything else. Let the mitigation contractor do the moisture map. Let these other guys do these. You know, find build the team that way. I'm a big fan of, you know, I don't. When when, when there was a carrier back in the day that started putting moisture meters in their adjusters' hands, and I said that's the dumbest thing you could do. Don't put a moisture meter in adjusters' hands. Lean on your contractors. I agree. Let the experts do it. I come in when there's a problem. That's yeah. Well, that's the role that I'm playing now as far as with my company is, Vince, um, they're not, here's what they said. What should we say? And then I come and I go like this. You know? And I'm trying to train my guys to do that too. But Andy. Put it in writing. Don't make a phone call. Put it in writing. Only an hour and a half. That's it. We did good. I think we're good. Yeah. It's good to hear from you, man. It's good to see you. Yeah, man. Thank you for coming on, even though I, I have a confession to make. Remember when we scheduled this and you're just like, oh, shit, two months from now or something like that. And I was like, yeah, I actually looked at the calendar wrong. I skipped over a month by, by mistake. And then I like put you in. I'm like, oh, October. And then after we scheduled, I'm just like, why didn't I just schedule them like two weeks from now or something like that? And then I was like, whatever, it's already scheduled. I don't have to worry about that. I'll fit some on the books. Else in. You know, hey, so. Who are we to know that a hurricane was going to hit? Oh, that's true. You wouldn't have been able to do it anyway. I'm, I'm like, thank you so much for, uh, for finding the time. I'm sure you're swamped. Yeah, man. Uh, we are busy, but it's always good to see events. Um, so I'm going to do a nice intro for you in the beginning. So I'm going to put yep. all your stuff, uh, before I let you go, is there anything, am I right? I'm going to tell them about LinkedIn because you are very active on LinkedIn. I'm going to tell everybody yeah, about LinkedIn is my number one. Yeah. Referral source right now. The 24hourtech.com is what you want me to say. Or you want me to like say something else? 
I've, I think I've got a different URL. It comes up. I, I, I wrote in what you told me, but then it water, came in as... Waterdamageprofit.com is easier to remember. Oh, that's fancy. Waterdamageprofit. Yeah, but but then it goes into 24-hour tech. And then it forwards to... Yeah. Okay. All hmm. right. So hold on. Water damage. And then uh, water tech course. That's a good one. I, and I think you should, uh, I tell you what, I'm going to give you in, in all your infinite time to review stuff. I'm going to give you a login to that. Okay. So you can see how I have it set up. And I think, and you pull, pull whatever you feel the need um, for your course. I mean, I think it's a, I think what I have is a good system you know, to lay it out. Have you written it yet? Have you written a, you have anything but an outline? Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I've got, well, no, I've just got an outline. What do you mean? What do you mean written it? Why do I have why to not, write it? Why don't you write a book? Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to turn it into a book. Why don't you do that first? Book first? Yeah. No, because I'd rather take the video, take the content from the video, give it to a writer to take it, extract it, and turn it into a book. Oh, okay. Well, then you don't have to write it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, that's, I, I went the other way. So I... I, the, the 24 hour tech is based on a system that I developed at service master. And so it was essentially just a five page checklist. So I took that checklist and wrote the book. Who and then do, I took, then I took the book and made the course. Uh, what, who do you use to, to put, to put this thing up here? Like, like what, what software you, I'm looking at, I'm looking at water tech course. Uh, think if is it think if Yep. We're either going to use Thinkific or the other one, uh, a Jobby, Jobby, something like that. Yeah, I try. I played with a few, and Thinkific just seemed pretty straightforward and easy. We're probably going to use Thinkific. Yeah. Who are you using for your podcast hosting? Uh, um, the famous one. What? Uh, you got to get on Jeremy Reddick's thing. He's got a slick setup. I mean, it is just it's tits. It. I mean, it's. You watch the video and it does, it automatically switches from, you know, the talker to the talker, but it, 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 if it feels like he was, he was, we recorded it and it was like the next day that podcast was up. It, huh. it felt that quick. So he's well, got, I gotta, a I got to text him. Uses. Yeah. I got to text him. He like totally bailed on me for one of his, for his show. Uh, I don't know what uh, I know. I just use zoom. I record the zoom and then I have somebody who edits, edits it, yeah. which is probably yeah. pain in the ass, but. Um, I'm just not techie, man. I just, I, I'm this guy, dude. I'm like this. I'm so <laughs> Everybody's just like, bro, you're so good with all your stuff. You got it all under control. I'm like, you have no idea. No clue. No, man. It's called delegation. All right. So waterdamageprofit.com, watertechcourse.com to make sure that people go there. Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn is your main thing. Um, then the YouTube channel is the claims YouTube delegates. YouTube channel. channel. Yes. Yeah, yep. Claims delegates. It's not Andy McCabe. So. Okay. All right, you know, Andy. I get a couple hundred dollars a month from Google for advertising on the YouTube channel. Yeah, so do I. It's pretty fun. It is fun. It's, it's mailbox money. I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, what's funny is, you know, uh, uh, Alina, Alina Wilson? Yes. XM8. I'm going to have her on tomorrow. XM8 Mastery? I'm going to have her on tomorrow. Well, do yourself a favor. Go watch one of my videos, and I bet her advertisement is going to come up before it. Oh, because she's not stupid. You should bring it up. It's like, so you advertise on uh, Claims Delegates uh, YouTube channel? (laughs) 
No, she ain't stupid. Let me see. Do I have her tomorrow? Yep, Alina. I got Alina tomorrow. Nice. Making the rounds. Yeah, I mean, if I, ours, this one's probably not going to be up for, I don't know, probably like four weeks. Yeah. So, Andy, you hey, are the if, man. Hey, if, you, if you're not opposed to it and you want me to rebroadcast, I'm not opposed to that either. No, of course. We're going to, well, once we finish it, the week or the day of, we're going to send you everywhere that it's on. And then, oh, you mean like give you the actual video for to put and it on And then yours? I put it on my channel with all the stuff you put in it. Hell it's, yeah. So it's, it's free advertising for you. It's yeah. redundant content, but most people are not going to see it twice because we have different audiences. For sure. Let's do it. I did that with, with Jeremy's and it, it's like, it's one of the most watched videos already. That's so, awesome. And it's that all, makes- it's got all his stuff on it. So makes you look good. Exactly. Helps us. It's like both ways. It works both ways. Yeah, let's do it. All right, Annie. Thanks a lot, man. You, Don't work too hard. Go take a nap. Uh, right. <laughs> right. We'll see you. See you later. Thank you.